Welcome, folks. It is with great joy that we are blessed by God to have you here with us today. It is in this episode that we will discuss one of the great mysteries contained in Holy Scripture, one significantly attributed to God alone, and it has a fundamental principle in all Christian theology. I'm referring to the triune nature of God as Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and you are listening to Brand of Man, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through the agencies of man, but by the grace of God. Let us pray. Father, we, we come to you in absolute humility, longing for the revelation of your word. We ask you today to strengthen our knowledge of you through the truth of the Trinity. We petition you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear the revealing of your thoughts through the unity of your being. Amen. So one attribute God has revealed of himself in the Bible is one theologians call the Trinity. The concept of the Trinity simply implies God is one in being, revealed as three distinct persons. Now, the word Trinity cannot be found anywhere in Scripture, but the concept of the Trinity is well established. It is a concept which nonbelievers point to with criticism, and believers often struggle to present a simple definition. Now, to all you listening, let us remind ourselves our goal is not to understand God, but to know Him as He has revealed Himself through Scripture. So when using the term Trinity, we are referring to one God revealed as three persons, tri-unity, Trinity, and not three persons combining to make one God. This is a very important distinction to make. It is equally important to note Christianity itself cannot be maintained without the biblical truth of the three-in-oneness of God. So the best place to begin in properly teaching the truth of the Trinity is that God is one. He is one in being. The being defines what something is. For example, a human being is human. That's what a human being is. He's human. God is one in being. So what God is, is one. God is one. That is what God is. We see this knowledge established all the way back to the first five books of the Old Testament, called the Torah, or the Law. Now, one of the five books of the Torah is called Deuteronomy. Now, it's in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy that we see a, an ancient Israelite prayer called the Shema. The Israelites would recite this prayer twice a day. It's three paragraphs long. It summarizes their faith and is the cornerstone of all their devotion to God. Let me read to you just the very first verse. It goes like this. Hear Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. 
Now, this declaration of faith given by God's chosen people is carried all throughout the Old Testament and the entire New Testament as well as an indisputable and non-negotiable belief that God is one. They would pray this twice a day, morning and evening. Now, as we described earlier with a simple definition of the word Trinity, there is also a unity within this one God, revealed as three distinct persons. It's important to note here the word person is descriptive in the sense of who you are. For example, we've noted that a human being describes what you are. If you are a human being, you are human. However, a human being is also one person with distinct qualities, male, female, short, tall, old, young, etc. Distinctive qualities. So as a human being, you are human. Who is revealed as one person? God is one God revealed as three persons. Now we see a hint of this unity in the opening verse of the Old Testament. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now in this verse, the Hebrew word used for God is Elohim. It's a name attributed specifically to God, yet in the plural form. So there's a hint of this unity already from the very first verse of Scripture. These three distinct persons, however, are revealed in Scripture as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the fullness of God, termed the Godhead. They operate collectively, they're all equal, all eternal, and all share the attributes of God. Now, the deity of the first person, God the Father, is rarely in dispute. Jesus often refers to the Father as God throughout his whole ministry. We see this in Matthew during his Sermon on the Mount in teaching how we should pray. Jesus said, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6, verse 9. Now, the revelation of the second person of the Trinity, the Christ Jesus, has an abundance of very definitive statements concerning his deity. The one expressing the most depth and the most insight comes from the fourth gospel, the gospel according to John. John writes this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. These two verses state definitively Jesus, characterized here as the Word or the Logos, is not part of the created order having been there from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. He is also distinct in person, having been with God from the beginning. The Word was with God. And is himself God. 
and the Word was God. The author of this gospel is the Apostle John, who walked with Jesus during his ministry and was actually at the crucifixion. John penned the entire fourth gospel with the sole purpose of speaking to the deity of Christ. Now, the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit and is the very presence of God. The Apostle Paul writes, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. We also see the Spirit of God present and active at the dawn of creation. And the earth was formless and desolate emptiness. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Now, one of the best ways Scripture reveals the Trinity is with their relationship to each other. They each, Father, Son, and Spirit, have distinct roles, yet in perfect harmony with each other. This is revealed most profoundly in the doctrine of salvation. We are chosen by the Father. The Apostle Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us, to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he favored us in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 6. So the Father chooses. The Son then redeems the chosen. Paul would continue. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he set forth in him regarding his plan of the fullness of the times to bring all things together in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we also have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance with the plan of his will, to the end that we were the first to hope in the Christ would be to the praise of his glory. Ephesians 1, 7 through 12. 
So the Father chooses. The Son redeems the chosen. Then, of course, the Holy Spirit seals this choice. Paul concludes, In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of the promise who is the first installment of our inheritance in regard to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. Folks, there, there are many examples here, but God has made it abundantly clear. He is one God revealed in three persons. Not three persons to make one God, nor three parts of one God, or even three gods coming together to make one God. No, brothers and sisters, no. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. The concept of the Trinity is the cornerstone of Christianity. This is a beautiful and majestic mystery, full of infinite power, and one that can never be explained away. The Bible teaches this mystery, folks, and so should we. Remember, our ultimate goal here is to simply know what we believe and why we believe it in accordance with Scripture. Think about it. If we do not know what we believe, how can we expect anyone else to? With the Trinity, folks, we should stand in awe and worship the one true God. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of Brand a Man. If you would like to continue to listen to our messages, please subscribe so you will be provided biblical truths each and every week in the simplest of terms. God bless you all. Next week on Brand a Man, we will present our final episode of season one, in which we will present a, a summary of knowing God as well as some common points of contention, often associated with each of the attributes of God that He has revealed to us through Scripture. 